Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, it is Jason Demers Day. It is in the United States. Did you know that? Yeah, it's Jason Demers Day. Who else has been traded three times in the last three years? Congratulations, you are the new Lee Stemniak. <laughs> he's the new. He's the new Daniel Winnick. He is. Yeah. Uh, that that made me laugh. That it was. Well, we're, it I guess Demers right for Jamie McGinn. Here. I mean, that was what was funny. Hilarious. Two, two of Todd McCollum's favorite players right. basically traded for each other. <laughs> and when I say favorite, I'm being sarcastic. It's funny um, because there was a, I don't know if you saw this, but on Puck Daddy, there was a, an article all about what Florida's done and how they should not have traded Demers. And, they've, and Dale Talon is basically back in the GM seat, and he's basically tried to undo all the stuff that the previous GM has done. And now he's brought in Bog Bugner and Michael Haley. And the team is worse. Was not good last year and is now looks like they're considerably worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, he may be looking at it from a point of view of he's got some good young players. It's the wrong strategy to load up with some overrated overpaid veterans and maybe make the playoffs as a wild card and not get a high draft pick like they're they're not gonna contend for the stanley cup so they may as well be bottom feeders (laughs) they may as well i guess i mean although they had a ton of injuries last year and you could you could argue that that was the reason why they weren't very good yeah lost a lot of time for barkoff and and other other guys I guess we'll see what our true assessment of that team is when it comes to the Vegas draft. Probably your number one pick. Well, it depends on where the dart lands. <laughs> Are you really going to throw a dart? Uh, it's undetermined, dude. We got to tease it. Tease it, dude. I really want you to throw a dart. Anything could happen. Any... Because what happens when you throw a dart and it lands on the New Jersey Devils first? Like, Are you going to really follow through with that pick? Are you going to then decide that the dart strategy is off? Yeah, probably true. <laughs> if it like lands, <laughs> if it like hits Vancouver, I can't take Vancouver first or whatever. <laughs> oh man! Oh man, dude. Well, Sharks training camp in full effect. Sharks' first preseason game happening as we're recording tonight. That's right. Sharks hosting the Ducks at the Tank. Uh, I don't know. Will this be an exciting game? The the, the Vegas Golden Knights won nine to four in their first preseason game. Nine to four. Wow. I mean, they're going to win the cup. Did anybody play that's really going to play on their team? Maybe they actually tried to play an NHL roster and the other team were just looking at young guys. I don't know, but I'm I, picking I don't them care first. enough to actually look at the box score. <laughs> I take it back. I care. I'm going to go look at it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, hockey season is almost here. It's they're beating Colorado, dude. 3 nothing as we're recording. Well, yeah, I think my daughter's five year old soccer team, the Lightning Bucks, might be able to beat Colorado. And they lost to another team of five-year-olds. Wow, the Lightning. They don't keep scoring. Don't don't 
underestimate the Lightning Bucks, dude. No, they beat, I, I would They not. beat Vancouver, dude. The L- Lightning Bucks? No, uh, the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights beat Vancouver 9-4. to That's right. And now they're beating Colorado. So good on I, them. They're better than the two worst NHL. Right. That's it. They, they're padding their preseason schedule, which is, which is smart. That's right. Sell that merch. Sell that merch. Well, dude, I got to say, uh, it's funny how out of, out of the blue, we talk about some website last week that I haven't even heard of, The Athletic. And then two days after we post the podcast, it turns out Kevin Kurz leaves CSN and goes to The Athletic. Are we, or you rather, that smart? Or are we just that dumb and lucky? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I'm that smart, dude. I'm that smart. They've been taking all the best writers from all over the country. They appear to have invested some serious money into this venture. And I'll tell you what, I admit it. I have subscribed. You have. I have. And the content is good. It's interesting. There's good writers. And uh, I'm enjoying it. So uh, Kevin Kurz will be covering the Sharks for The Athletic. And... You know, uh, in a way, you feel kind of bad for CSN being uh, left in the lurch this close to the season. But you got to imagine the Athletic must be paying some pretty serious or offering some pretty significant benefits in order to get these guys to jump. I mean, Ken Rosenthal left Fox Sports. You know, they 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 have these. Is he the guy serious... with the bow tie? Is Ken Rosenthal the guy yeah. with the bow tie? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is Kevin Kurz will obviously no longer be on the television broadcast, probably. That's right, right, which for him, uh, I would imagine is a relief. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because he didn't seem to enjoy that part. Yeah, yeah. It didn't seem like that was his, that was the thing that he really liked to do. Who's going to take over? Dudes on hockey? Maybe. I'm still waiting for the phone call. If The Athletic offered us a pile of money to move the podcast behind a paywall, would we do it? Yes. Of course we would. <laughs> of course we would. I'm waiting for the phone call from uh, CSN Bay Area. If they want the top flight Sharks coverage, the phone should have rung already. I check my phone all the time and all I get is telemarketing. Right. Me too. I, I, maybe it's because I, you know, maybe they're waiting for me to order that new Apple phone, which is going to cost $800,000. Are you going to get the new phone, dude? Yes. Dude? I, I haven't gotten a phone in like three years. It's time. No. It's time. Your phone still works though. Reluctantly, I have to say. It reluctantly works. You just want to hold it up to your face and have it recognize you? You like that it has no home button? I wonder if you could, like, trick it to recognize, like, your butt instead. You know, will the facial recognition, like, if you painted, like, eyes on your butt and then you had, like, show the phone to your butt every time you want to unload it? See? Dude. These are good ideas. I got to tell you that I want you to do that really bad. (laughs) I want to do that really bad, but I think I'd probably get fired the first time I need to look at my phone at work. So <laughs> it'd be worth it. It, it would. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story, dude. Come on, dude. We we're 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 jumping around, avoiding the issue of the day, which is the sharks training camp and the surfeit of forwards that the sharks have. Who there's a, a healthy discussion on the dudesonhockey.com comment thread from last week. I read those uh, comments with interest. There's uh, some, I wouldn't say uh, no one is insulting each other yet, so it's not that, you know, it's not that, you know, 
passionate of a, of a discussion, but there is a difference of opinion about uh, certain forwards, which we'll get to in a moment. And I, that's, the, that's the question for the Sharks this year. We, we spoke on it last show. Uh, this is clearly going to be the large unanswered question. There are very few players, other than I would say Thornton and Pavelski, where their position in the lineup is assured. Um, certainly there's, there's other guys like Hurdle, Joe Ward, Logan Couture, and so forth. Maybe, maybe Logan Couture. But these guys, we don't know where they're going to play. We've seen Joe Ward have a lot of success two years ago on the second line. Obviously, he was demoted all the way down to the fourth line last year. No one... No one's position is assured except for those three players, in my view, Dune. Would yeah. You, would you agree? I would agree with that. Um, I think that, you know, by reports from training camp, it appears that Joe and Joe will play together on the first line. Right now they have Couture and Donskoy together on the second line. And they have Meyer and Hurdle together on the third line, which I, I kind of like that, actually. I mean, that those are two big kids that have a lot of skill and if they can put it together that's that's a handful and a half i mean like that's that's a real pain in the butt to try and deal with so who who's the third forward on those top three lines it's anyone's guess dude and i think that it's open competition that's the question right there's so many guys Michael Bodker, obviously, in the yeah. mix, not uh, yeah. a favored forward last year, sat down uh, for some games. Certainly, Yannick Hansen, we don't know where he's going to play. He's got another year. Joel Ward, we spoke about a moment ago. And then this group of maybe five, maybe six players that could fill out the fourth line, including players such as Kevin LeBanc, Melker Carlson, Barkley Goodrow, uh, who else? Chris uh, Tierney. Chris Tierney. Ryan Carpenter. Danny O'Regan, Marcus Sorensen. We got a lot of guys who have been in that position at one time or another over the last calendar year. Dude, this goes back to our conversation from last podcast where it'll be interesting where DeBoer goes with this. If he's going to just bury and have have a fourth line of LeBanc and Tierney and Carpenter, I have a problem with that. <laughs> I have a problem with that. that that's going to bother me all season because Kevin LeBanc is not a fourth line or a bottom six forward type. He's True. a goal scorer. That's all he's done. His whole career. We've seen it in glimpses. I would like to see Kevin LeBanc have the first shot of playing with Joe and Joe. I think that if they can serve him up, he can finish. He knows how to finish. Give him a chance. Don't pull him after five games if he doesn't score. Let him try and develop into a legitimate NHL scorer. If you're going to float him around the lineup, it's going to stunt his growth. It's hard to disagree with that, dude. He did have good success with the Barracuda last year. He had a good point production there. Uh, you certainly would think he should be in a point-producing role, wherever that may be, if it turns out power play, it turns out top six forwards. I'm all for that. Dude, I have to be honest. You know, Tyler on our uh, comment thread 
basically had the same lineup that you just supported. I'm a, I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack here. I don't want to see Tomas Hurdle as the third line center. I think that that experiment has been played out. I uh, understood it's a little bit murkier because of his injury history, but I think if he was going to assert himself as a center, he would have done so by now. I would like to see him on the top line next to Joe and Joe. And then we can give Chris Tierney the third line center job. And then with all these other guys, we give one of those guys the ability to play center on the fourth line and find their role in that position. Dude, it's hard to argue with you on that. I mean, I I don't think we've seen Hurdle be a dominant NHL center. We've seen him be a dominant NHL forward when he was playing on the wing, when he broke into the league. And if they wanted to go that route, I'd have no problem with that. I'd like to see the Sharks think a little outside the box. I'd like to see them, you know, experiment with different combinations in the preseason and see what works. I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Tierney center the second line with Logan Couture, maybe going to the wing and see if we can get some speed and skill going with those two guys. Right. Tierney, I think, has more skill than he's allowed to show in that fourth line role and that we have players that are maybe more suited for that in a Goudreau, a Sorensen, a Carlson, a Carpenter, that they should be the ones pulling in those tough grinding minutes and let Chris Tierney try and flash some of that offensive potential that we've seen in glimpses. He's got it. Right. I'll tell you, dude, you know, uh, one thing, the Athletic did their season preview on the San Jose Sharks, and the name that they mentioned off the bat is Mikel Bodker. And they said, and this is not Chris Kevin Kerr's writing, this is another writer, name escapes, not a local writer. And he said, Bodker suffered last year from a lack of consistent power play time, which is where he's made his bread and butter for his NHL career. Now, that's not saying he played well well enough to deserve it, but he didn't get the shot. He didn't get the opportunities, and he wasn't out there. And that's where he scored the majority of his points in his previous stops. Will they let Bodker press the reset button? And maybe Mikel Bodker should be the one who gets the first crack at playing on that top line or playing with Donskoy and Couture. Don't bury him on the fourth line. You may as well just put him in the Barracuda. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, certainly he has a uh, a history in the NHL as being a, a good NHL player. He had 32 goals in 2013-2014. That was his career high. Uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. You want to see Miguel Bacher succeed because the Sharks so desperately need scoring with Patrick Marlowe gone. Uh, so many question marks uh, in the forward lineup. Uh, I, I just, I think I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for someone to get a consistent shot five to 10 games at least, if not more, if not a month. Because the, hey, play in the first period on the top line, and then by the third period, the second period, you're on the third line, and the, fo- the third period, you're on the fourth line. It's just, that's, that's the opposite of getting comfortable. 
You're playing with a different cast of characters every time you hit the ice. You're trying to learn other people's tendencies as you play. Um, that's that could be tough. You know, maybe there's a motivation. Clearly, there's a motivational factor that's meant to be employed there. Hey, you need to play well in order to play on the first line with Jumbo. But are you hurting the output of the team because these guys never get comfortable? Yeah, I agree with you, dude. Like, I think that <laughs> that's going to be the lot of straws we draw with Pete Four. That's what he does. Like, that's how he handles his lineup. And I don't think he's going to change. And that's where my concern lies with this season is that he's not going to give the young players enough time for us to find out are they any good or not. Otherwise, you know, if they're struggling, we'll see Yannick Hansen on the top line immediately. Right. Now, I'll tell you what sounds interesting to me. And let's let's go to the hurdle third line experiment. A hurdle Meyer Yannick Hansen line that sounds like a real pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it does. If if they could play to their ceiling and have skill, they can play heavy. And Hansen's a pain in the ass. That could be a really difficult line for people to deal with because you've got Hurdle and Meyer have skill. Hansen has skill. And Meyer has toughness, and Hurdle's got speed and power, and Hansen's got speed, speed, and just that factor of being an irritant. He's tenacious. Tenacious, tenacious D. That's right, dude. That could be interesting if that ends up being the third line. It could be a lot of fun to watch. Dude, where's I, Joel Ward? We haven't even mentioned Joel Ward here. Well, I mean, I think that's a good question, dude. I mean, Joel Ward needs to prove that he is ready to play. He didn't have a good year last year. I know he was banged up. But I also think he was, in a way, misused. Like, Joel Ward is effective five feet in front of the net. And how many times did we see him in that position on the power play? On the power play? A handful? Yeah. I mean, like, you're not letting him do what he does, which is park his... He's, he's got that Tomas Holmstrom factor. Park his butt. Remember Holmstrom was just post up? Yeah. He just yeah. post up like he's Byron Houston in the post, dude. Post you up and, and wait. And I would love to see the Sharks have a new strategy on the power play this year. I'm very curious about it because last year was horrible. Power play was awful. They have too much skill to be that bad. To be that static. It was boring. It was boring and painful to watch. And, you know, uh, we've talked about it a few times that I would like to see Chris Tierney get more time on the power play. I think LeBanc, Meyer, skill guys, Let's put out some young skill guys. Let's break it up. We don't need to have a superstar power play and a second unit that is considered like the ugly stepchild of the first unit. It's only good enough to play 20 seconds. Right. That's That didn't work last year. It didn't work. Don't put all the best guys on one unit. Balance it out. Play them each a minute. Let Burns stay out there for both. I'm hoping they'll have this sort of creativity, dude. 
and be willing to try some new stuff and recognize that some of the things they did last year didn't work. Right. And I uh, read Paul Gackle's uh, piece in the Mercury either yesterday or today where he was talking about as the seventh D, um, it might be Joachim Ryan because he plays a simple style of game and those are the kinds of players that Pete DeBoer would want, not a, not a flashy guy that might make a mistake, uh, a high-profile mistake. He wants a steady Dylan DeMello kind of player, right? A guy that is, is good at what he does, doesn't overextend himself, and so maybe Joachim Ryan will be the seventh D. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings about that, dude. Like, it, I would like to see Joachim Ryan play 60 games for the Barracuda instead of playing 12 games for the Sharks. Like, yeah, I don't know how that makes him a better player and a more valuable part of the future of this team. And, you know, the Cody Franson ended up going to the Blackhawks, I think. He, he did a PTO with the Blackhawks. And, you know, we were kind of lukewarm on adding a player like that, especially if it was going to be for, a, a you know, a million dollars or something. But I mean, he's doing a PTO, you know. I mean, would the Sharks have been better served bringing in a veteran player on a PTO to be the seventh guy instead of burning one of their young players and being put into a Dylan DeMello-type situation like they were last year where DeMello was just sitting on his ass? Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. That's certainly not where this team seems to be going. This isn't one of those situations where... Uh, the Sharks need to go and find a Brad Winchester at this point. Sure. I mean, I, I think they don't need the person to play. But my argument is that they should have the young guys playing and not sitting. And they don't appear to be going down that road. It doesn't mean they won't pick someone up off waivers when people get released or things like that. But based on the moves that Doug Wilson has made, they're not interested in that at all. No, they love Brandon Mashin. Yeah. They signed him for six fifty. I mean he's a it's a minor league. I don't know if it's a two, know. if it's a one way or a two way, but it's a... He'll be on the Barracuda. I mean yeah. he was the MVP of the Blackhawks AHL team last year, you know. I mean he, he, he serves his purpose, I'm sure, at the AHL level, but that seventh D, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who that is and you know, I suspect it will be a revolving door of people. Like it will be Joachim Ryan for five games and Tim Heed for five games. And then, you know, maybe the, the new, you know, uh, European defenseman whose name escapes me, that guy for five games. And so they're keeping people playing instead of just rotting in the press box. Do you mean, you don't mean Sandberg, do you? Or are we looking for somebody else? Or you mean DeSimone? <laughs> No, no. They signed a guy from Europe. Um, I'm looking at their contracts. Hmm. I think it starts with an F. And then, sorry, an S. Jeez. I'm not S seeing it. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not, I... Well, no, Sandberg's a forward. Brzezinski. Look at the D. Kevin Fitzgerald. I mean, they don't, they don't have it here, so maybe uh, it's, not, um, it's not on cap friendly at the moment. Well. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see, dude. If if you had to pick, who's the odd man out? 
Who's going to be the forward that doesn't make it? Um, well, there's going to be more than one. Uh, right now, I feel like Kevin LeBanc is going to be the odd man out. He's going to be an odd man out. I feel like they might trust Sorensen more and figure he's a better fit on the on the bottom six and leave LeBanc out. Um, that's that's my I think I think Myers a lock at this point for a third line or better role if I had to guess. Um somehow I think Carlson the Carpenter to me is a strange story. Obviously we've talked at length about how the Sharks inexplicably protected him for the entry draft, a guy who has very little NHL experience if any. I don't know how many total NHL games he has, but it's not a lot. Um, and the question is, is he, where, where do they think he is? I mean, he's a 26 year old player. This is not Timo Meyer that they're looking to see if he can improve. I mean, this well, is, he's had clearly 12, they, they, sorry, 12 NHL games. They, he had they one NHL game in 2015, 16. He had 11 NHL games last year. They think he's an important part of this team this year. I mean, they, they clearly believe that. And if he's not, then shame on them. Like, if he doesn't make this roster opening night, that's a major blunder by the Sharks. They really blew it. Because then they should have done what the New Jersey Devils did, which was trade some assets for a young player that another team couldn't protect to get a forward that was worth protecting. Right. When we talked, you know, we talked about that with Eric Stahl, you know, and people were giving me grief about that, but if Eric Stahl was on the Sharks. There's no way in hell he would have been unprotected. He would have been protected. Right. The Sharks don't have a lot of players like that. So it, it, it will be a major failure if Ryan Carpenter isn't a 70 game player for the Sharks this year. If he doesn't play 70 games for the Sharks. That's a failure. Yeah, it's just it, it's just a surprising story to me. You usually don't see guys of that age and that yeah. kind of history. And he's had good years in the NHL last two years. He had 39 points in 54 games last year. He had 55 points in 66 games the year before that. I mean, that's that's good production. The NHL level is not as good as the NHL, but it's still tough to score 55 points in the NHL. It's not easy. And, you know, that's good production. It's just, it's funny that now is when, you know, they think he's going to be an angel player, not three years ago. It's just that surprising. Right. Well, dude, they they were willing to bet on it. They put the chips on black, and they're spinning the wheel. So yeah. I think they bet on Ryan Carpenter, and we'll see if they're right. I hope they're right. You know, uh, the Sharks need some players to step up. I think they need some guys to be able to fill in those bottom six roles. So they can experiment with LeBanc and Meyer and Tierney and see where these guys are going to land. And, you know, I, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it just goes back to my fear of what this season is going to become is that DeBoer is going to ride Joel Ward into the ground, whether or not he's the better player to play some of these top line minutes or not, and not give a fair look 
to some of these younger players and that there'll be just an endless parade of people who aren't getting a chance to get comfortable and the Sharks aren't able to develop any sort of continuity on the forwards. I'm not worried about that on the D, but in the forward combinations, I'm concerned about that. I'd rather see them play Carpenter 70 games and have him be a miserable failure and at the end of the year go, you know what, we were wrong, than to play him 20 games and have the jury be out. Yeah. No, I, it's it's true. It's in, It makes you wonder if, if the coaching staff and the GM have the constitution to go that way, right? That's that's the question. Or are they well, going to go out and get Jerome Ginla? You know, you don't want that. Yeah, they've bet on themselves. I think they bet on themselves by protecting which was a, I mean, that move that shocked me that they did that. No one, just, no one saw that coming. I mean, come no, on. I mean, I it's not like he was, was going to get picked anyway. Yeah, there was no chance that he was going to get picked. So they, that was a very, very surprising move that I would love to get an explanation for. Yeah. And the best explanation would be if Carpenter plays 70 plus games and scores 25 plus points at the NHL level. That's a win. Yep. Yep. That's a win. Man, so many questions still. So many questions still. The Sharks, like you said, they start their preseason uh, tonight. They have uh, another home game on Thursday and then a third home game on Saturday. Is there anything particular? I mean, does preseason mean anything? I mean, do do we care who plays, how much, or whatever? I mean, is this totally meaningless? Uh-huh. I think it does mean a lot for the Sharks this year. I think that there are guys that are going to – there's there's true fights for roster spots, you know. If if a guy like Danny O'Regan has a lights-out camp, you know, a guy like Barkley Goudreau, I mean, he was not even given an opportunity to be an NHL player last year. Like, this is a guy who has already played, I don't know, 50-plus NHL games at least, right, dude? I mean, like, I don't have the stats, but – I mean, he's played several NHL games, and he was not bad. And he didn't get a chance to play last year. Now, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that they were shielding him from being eligible for the expansion draft. Now, I don't know if that's possible or not, but it's the only thing that makes sense to me why he didn't get a chance to play last year. I can't remember what the cutoff is, but... He played 60 NHL games in 2014-2015, and he played 14 games two years ago, and then he played three games last year. I thought the cutoff was 80. If it's 80, then then that means he's played 77 games in the NHL, right. so and that's why. It smell a little bit, dude? It smells a little bit. It does, especially since... I don't recall anyone complaining about Barkley Goodrow two years ago when he played 60 games. No one said, like, get this guy out of here. Especially, that was a point at which the Sharks had trouble finding third and fourth line players. And no so, one's like, Barkley Goodrow, this guy stinks. Yeah, no okay, like, dude, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it right now. This is my prediction. Barkley Goodrow makes this team. He makes the team. And Ryan Carpenter. No, I'm not. I, 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 well, yes, I think Ryan Carpenter makes the team because I do not think the Sharks... Will admit that they made a mistake. <laughs> They're just going to do it to spite everybody else. Well, I mean, I, I think that they they've bet on him, like they've bet on him. I hope he's awesome. I mean, I hope he plays great and deserves to be on the team. 
But I think even if he is mediocre, and even if a player like Danny O'Regan might have a better preseason, they will go with Ryan Carpenter because they have publicly bet on him. And that would be like Searcy walking down the shame. <laughs> shame. Shame walk. If, if they had to send Ryan Carpenter down. That's a shame walk. They gave him a two-year contract. Yeah. So then then we're really looking at a lot of people on the outside, dude. Then we're really looking at Melker Carlson on the outside. We're looking at possibly Jonas Donskoy on the outside. Or well, Chris Tierney on the outside. Or Joel well, Ward on the outside. Well, dude, I mean... I mean, that would be surprising. Let's talk through the lineup then. Let's see. Okay, so we've got Jumbo and Pavelski at the top. Right. Let's put Kevin LeBanc with him. All right, let's just... Burn. Now it gets even tougher. Amuse me. Amuse me. All so right. LeBanc on the top. All right. Okay. Then we've got Don Scoring Couture. Right. And who's playing with them? Hansen or Bodker? Let's put Bodker there. Okay. Okay. Right. So now we have uh, Ertle and Meyer right. with Hansen. Okay. Then we have Goudreau and... Carpenter? Uh, Carpenter and Tierney. And so Ward is not playing? I don't know. And Carlson is not playing? I don't know. Are they? <laughs> It'll be interesting. Right. It'll be interesting. I think there and, has to be a... I, I'm just going to say it. There has to be a room on this team for Joel Ward. We need Joel Ward. He's on this team for me. His well, I, I, think I, mean, I don't right, know where he plays, but he has to play. He has to play. I am not... You can't sit him. You can't. Well, dude, I, I would say that you can... If he's not playing well, if he plays like he did last year, then he should sit down. He didn't have any speed. He wasn't able to finish. Now, I think they misused him. I think they misused him. But Joel Ward looked like he wasn't, like, really into it half the time. He didn't look like the Joel Ward of two years ago. Now, maybe that's because he was hurt. And maybe it's because he was misused. But He played 78 games. Dude, he, had ten, mean, he had 10 goals, one less than Chris Tierney, one less than Melker Carlson, the same as Tomas Hurdle. I mean, is, uh, it, is, is that a no, great output compared no to the move, year before? Dude. No. He's it's not, not going anywhere. Joel Ward's got a no move. I know. I'm just saying, he's. you put him in the lineup because there's nobody else who's better right now. So, I, I mean, I'd say LeBanc is out. I don't put I, I, I don't put Kevin is, LeBanc in this team. Right this now. is going to be the fundamental problem with this team, dude is if Kevin LeBanc has a great preseason and he starts with the Barracuda because we feel we must play Joel Ward because he is a veteran on this team, that is not the direction that I think this team should be headed. Like, Who's going to play the kill with no Ward? Jumbo? Right? Jumbo's going to play all five positions. He's going to play everywhere. He's going to put him in... Yep. He is, and I dare you to stop him. He's got got a bionic knee out, dude. It's true. I mean, it's pretty amazing. He says he's 100%. I mean, this guy is the bionic man. He's in training camp he, with after major knee surgery, and he says he's fine. It's amazing. He's 100%. That's what he I said. For any, anyone to doubt him well, is just straight up rude. It, it's rude. Do you know what, dude? We're We're not giving full credit to Philip Sandberg, who scored the goal tonight in the first period. What if Philip Sandberg makes the team? Guess who got the assist? 
Barkley Goudreau. There we take go. That. Take that. Barkley Goudreau and Kimmy. He <laughs> hey, I'm a Barkley Goodrow supporter, 100%. It's just there's a there's a logjam right now. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, tonight, you know, we've got Brandon Bowley playing tonight. We haven't even talked about him. Do we need to talk about him? We just did. That's enough. Yeah. Dude, I got to say this. It looks like Patrick Marlowe scored tonight. Yes. Patrick Marlowe scored. There you go. Good for him. Good. I'm glad. That, that'll take some of the pressure off. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Apparently, he's dude, playing with Nazem Kadri, dude. Season he's... starting. We'll have to see how these training camp battles play out. We're going to make our Vegas pick soon. Dude, you got to really consider your strategy here. I Maybe my strategy is that I have no strategy. Because my strategy is the past... So, dude, yeah, I mean, unless... So the Sharks are playing two weeks from tonight in the regular season. So we're probably going to have to do Vegas picks next week. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, tough to do it like a week before the season starts. Yeah. I, I think we've done it that. I mean, we don't always do it like 24 hours before the season. Because I think, aren't there games on the, I don't know if there's games on the third, but. Um, we'll have to look it up. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will. We will. But I think next week. We should plan on doing Vegas. All right, dude. I will uh, work on my picks, and will you work on your picks? I'm just going to work on my dart throws. <laughs> just, that's what I'm going to be working on. I'll be All right, dude. Well, going I, to Katie Bloom's and throwing as many darts as I can. I wish you a lot of luck. I mean... I'm going to pick Washington because they're a lock, obviously. You're giving away your picks. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I can't trust any of my... Any any of my intuition right now. I, I, you know. Why don't you make your list and then do the absolute opposite? <laughs> I could. That would be amazing. That that would be pretty good. I'm yeah. I'm gonna have to do some reading and soul searching. <laughs> Figure out what the hell is going on with me. Uh, well, maybe you'll get traded to the Coyotes. You could play with uh, Jason's parents. That would be cool. There you go. He seems like a really funny guy, actually. He seems like a real fun. I, apparently, yes, there's he, some he, YouTube video of him doing like splits or something at somebody's wedding. Yeah, I mean, he seems funny. He's been so popular that he's been on four teams in the last four years. Well, I I don't think they traded him because he wasn't a nice guy. I think they. <laughs> anyway. All right, dude. Seventh defenseman, Jason Demers. <laughs> Pick him up. Hey, why not? He's only making four and a half million. Ouch. Oh, no thanks. Okay. Okay, that, that answers that question. Remember the sniper play? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. He just he just went down like he got shot. Yeah. Like yeah. Blackhawks was awful. And then he said like the sniper got him, I think, after the game. <laughs> which was fun which was a really funny quote. Anyway. Oh man. Oh, dude. Okay, so next week, Vegas. Next week, um, season uh, preview. Yep. All that kind of stuff. We're yep. two weeks out from regular season, dude. I'm excited. Flyers. Uh, I know. A yeah. Weird team to play in the opening night, but Flyers on a Wednesday night. I'm definitely going. Um, and uh, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to Sharks hockey. I actually lingered. Uh, I was watching like a Vancouver and somebody else preseason game, and I was so starved for hockey. I actually watched like almost a period of it. 
Wow. And then I, then I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing with my life? I mean, I'm watching Vancouver preseason hockey. This is terrible. Um, I'm proud of you. And I yeah. think that you... I don't think I'm proud of me. <laughs> Dude, it's okay. Yeah, that's, where need, we, that's where we are. You need weeks of therapy. All right, dude. Next week, we'll have some preseason results. Maybe we'll have some more clarity as to where this roster stands. And we'll be talking about the entire NHL and our Vegas picks. So don't miss next week's show. We will be back. Talk to you then, dude. See you, dude. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.